So tonight on Rogue Pop, <laughs> Namir's first smile, Chalice, can't live with her, can't live with her. Brand, officially the that's, coolest- That's not what I wrote! Officially the coolest Star Wars character. <laughs> Nightmare logic, and, well, shit. <laughs> can't live with her, can't live with her. You just don't want to live with her. <laughs> <laughs> That's the entirety of Twilight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is Rogue Leader. All wings report in. Rogue 6, standing by. Rogue 7, standing by. Rogue 9, standing by. Listeners, welcome to Season 16, Mission 4, Episode 134 of Rogue Padron. Tonight we are continuing with Twilight Padron, Chapters 14 through 20. But before we jump into that, a quick reminder of your hosts. Oh, thank God. I've totally forgotten who you all after these last two weeks. It's been tough to remember anything. It's so bad. If Ash Rogue Nine was something I miss about New York City... Uh, my flight got cancelled I'm never going home Uh, Asha would be an AC unit in my apartment because she understands that constantly it's constantly too damn hot and we can't deal with that shit (laughs) Uh. yes that is absolutely a defining part of Asha's personality Yeah, she lives look at how flattered Asha is right now (laughs) desert you live in oh, the no, desert okay ash gets it that's fair yeah <laughs> you understand me meg it's too hot <laughs> it's always I, too hot how can you I live in a place you, that doesn't have an ac <laughs> to be fair i do respect that as a kiwi who lives in a place with no fucking central heating infrastructure it's not good it's, it's bad yeah um danny rogue six would be Quick delivery for literally everything, because Danny once did delivery and was very good at it, and also not feeling bad about ordering delivery. <laughs> <laughs> and I always meet my deadlines. See, not to that's brag amazing. or anything. It is. It's amazing. Uh, Seth, Rogue Seven, would be all my cute stuff that reminds me of Aww. my friends, because she's some cute stuff that is my friend. <laughs> How yeah, I am. <laughs> the intros are so deep this week. <laughs> Listen. I have been. Uh, Heath three would be, who is still out in the woods, would be things within walking distance so you don't actually feel stuck if you don't have a car, even though Heath does have a car. If, and also because Heath would rather be hit by a bus and take a bus. Yeah, sure. correct. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Meg, Rogue Leader, and I would be all of the fashionable women of color, um, because being in Seattle once more, once more makes me feel like not being white and being small is, is the good, wait, I did this wrong. Um, <laughs> and being in Seattle makes you feel bad. Is, is being I in think Seattle what... makes me feel real bad. Yeah, um, okay. yeah that's yeah. fair. <laughs> 
take it take it away. <laughs> well, I would personally like to fight the entirety of Seattle. Thanks. Yeah. Me too. Oh yeah, same. The games industry there is rough. It's bad. It's bad. They like to hire a lot of people and then lay off a lot of people. Oh, they love mm. it. They love crunch there too. It's great. Mm-hmm. Oh, Seattle mm-hmm. loves crunch. They love Ooh. their crunch. Okay, well, I don't know what crunch is. So speaking of that, <laughs> I have a question about Star Wars. Oh no! Well, I hate Star Wars. It's more of a comment than a question. Oh boy. Oh god, are you like every single person at a panel Q and A? Yes. Anyways, the comment is Taika Waititi. Oh, that's such a good. That's That's a a great, great point. Excellent comment. (laughs) Thank you. That's me applauding. Uh, Wow, the only good commented set of question I've ever heard in my life. Thank you. So, so obviously, um, we are big Taika Waititi stands to begin Mm -hmm. with. And obviously, we're very happy for Taika. And obviously, we're very happy that Star Wars has a not-white male directing a Star Wars film for once, or at least slated to. Uh, the The number one reaction I saw when, when the news was announced was, I hope he doesn't get canned, which says so much about the state of Star Wars directors right now. <laughs> I cannot see him getting canned because he already has yeah, a good relationship can't. with them. Yeah. Like, not only does he have a good relationship with them, but he's also worked on a franchise making a movie as part of a big franchise before so he's got experience with it yeah. and also they would up. not they've already seen Thor Ragnarok they'll already know how he worked with Marvel like they mm-hmm. would not have hired him here unless they planned on keeping him and they've added him with the Mandalorian like that that was exactly. 100% like, the point of having those directors was they've already worked with him like it's mm-hmm. fine he's not gonna get canned also he would not have taken the project if he had a feeling that he would get canned so, in general, I'm curious to know where everyone is on the excitement to apprehension scale. Like, with all those uh, excitement and given like givens aside, like, how are we on the excitement to apprehension spectrum for Taika Waititi directing a Star Wars film? So, my analogy here is, uh, you know how when you're recording, there's a waveform, and when you get too loud, We're the waveform well aware is of like that after tonight. <laughs> yeah, after tonight, uh, the waveform like goes off the edges and then just stops being a shape. Mm-hmm. That's my excitement level for Taika directing a Star Wars movie. Nice. <laughs> I am going to be cautiously optimistic about it because I still cannot believe that Lucasfilm can keep a director, to be perfectly honest. Because, you know, they've proven in the past that... They to be can't... fair, I think it was less Lucasfilm not being able to keep directors and, and more directors just not being able to keep Lucasfilm. <laughs> Well, yeah, I think that's also because like, we joke about it. We're, like we talk about how people get kicked off all the time. But remember Joseph Trank? He was going to do a Star Wars movie. Oh, he was going to do a Boba Fett thing. Yeah, he was going to do a movie. We are and not he's saying shit. that name on this episode of the podcast. <laughs> I am. I am so glad that he didn't because he came out with Fantastic Four and it was very bad. <laughs> Did you actually see it? Because I saw it opening night and it was. I watched awful. it in cinemas. Yeah, it was real bad. Oh my god. Oh god, that was a bad movie. I, I just think that like Star Wars has a history of not of of kind of killing creatives with the it's the way they gotta make like Marvel movies and Star Wars movies right you need like a company person to make those kinds of movies because they have certain things they want to do yeah and it's like John Favreau is the perfect like company guy to make the Mandalorian because he doesn't have super creative ideas about it one way or the other yeah <laughs> he just yeah he just hires more creative people than him to create interesting things but like i feel like 
there's notorious they have notorious issues keeping directors for this reason i think yeah that's why i will say uh, cautiously optimistic uh, yeah i mean i think i think for the directors that we've lost i think it's been more of an issue that those directors can be pieces of shit about it Um, yeah either about how they treat people on set they seem like big egos yeah um but like i i am worried that Taika would be the first person who vol- actually voluntarily walks away um, because Lucasfilm gives too many constraints, like, once it actually starts happening. Um, because, like, the thing is, like, having Taika do Thor Ragnarok, you have to look at how far that is in Marvel's timeline. And, like, everything Star Wars has done so far is very, very samey. Um, and so, like, I'm, I'm worried because I want what Taika will do with Star Wars, but I don't know if Disney Lucasfilm is actually ready for what it could be. I think a lot of that is, like, yes, Marvel was very far through, but also that was, like, the first kind of very different movie they did. Like, that was, that was the first right, one. Right, but I mean, it was so far of the- afterward. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. First, it was I the mean, first like, when they were out of like the creative core thing, which there was like this group of comics professionals or whatever that like were really restrictive on what they could do. And then that was, I think that was the first movie after they got Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think Thor was actually a huge risk for them. Like, I mean, obviously they would have survived if it hadn't gone through, but like Thor 2 wasn't super well received. Uh, right. So Ragnarok, especially because it was leading up to Ultron, like very much so. Uh, right. But I mean, oh my God. That's. But I mean, no, my point is that Lucasfilm would have hired him knowing that this is what he does. Yeah, but I mean, I don't, I don't know. I think Mar, I just, I'm worried that they still don't know and that, and that either, or that we have such big expectations because of Thor Ragnarok that it might not be as like zany as we think it should be or like expect it to be because it is something by Taika. Um, mm, see, I don't have those expectations because I love all of his movies. So I advise everybody right, listening to this podcast. Right, but I mean, the, mass, oh, no. the masses who know who Taika is who Taika because of Thor Ragnarok. Um, my Discord I, restarted. I'm sorry about that. Anyways, yeah. um, basically my point here is everyone, oh my god, I keep turning my camera on and off. I'm horrible. Uh, my point is that everyone listening to this podcast should go watch every single one of his movies. I think it'd Good be like point. more real- well said. Yeah, I think it'd be more realistic to put your expectations in the mindset of like the episode of Mandalorian he directed, where yeah. he inserted yeah. humor into a more like serious story. Yes, but it was which like, is Thor what Ragnarok. he generally does. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know enough about Taika Waititi really to. I the only thing I've ever seen of him is uh, uh, Jojo Rabbit and Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. So. I don't really know entirely what his style is. I think everyone, for- if they want a good uh, appreciation for his serious tone, it should watch Boy. That movie made me cry a lot. Anyways, go watch that. So one thing that I find very frustrating about this whole thing is that it's been almost three years since Star Wars announced that the Game of Thrones bros were helming an, <laughs> a, a trilogy of movies of unknown topic 
And then shortly thereafter, Ryan Johnson is helming a trilogy of movies of unknown topic. And now we have Taika Waititi directing a single movie of unknown topic. And we still don't know what any of those unknowns were. The Game of Thrones dudes walked away. Oh, yeah, yeah, that one got hands, but but it's continuing this trend of like, we still don't have any freaking clue where they're going with any of these movies. And how long have we known this Ryan Johnson trilogy? And yet we still don't know what it's about. And I'm just... I'm I'm curious. A, I'm curious I, if you have speculation on what Taika Waititi is going to be directing, and B, when are we ever going to get out of this not knowing what these future movies are going to be about? I like, think now that they're doing my- TV shows and stuff, they're going to start trying to push things more and having knowledge. Because the the issue I think they had was that with the main trilogy happening, is that they couldn't really like do much outside of it. And I feel like now that that's done, they've kind of lost that the shackles of <laughs> the Skywalker movies. At least that's what I'm hoping. I I have a I I assumed that they were going to announce all this stuff at celebration. Yeah, like I assumed there was going to be like a big panel, and they were just going to say, "This is what these movies are about. This is the next thing we have coming down the pipeline after Mandalorian." And that Obi-Wan would explain Kenobi. why celebration was so much later would would have been so much later this year. Yeah, like that was my assumption. Now who knows? Like when they're going <laughs> to announce this stuff? <laughs> <laughs> who knows? I will say that, like, the Obi-Wan news is very disconcerting, because it was in production, and then they pulled the plug and let everybody go, so who knows? They did what now? They they pulled the plug on Obi-Wan Kenobi, they stopped production, and let all of the people under contract go. What? Mm-hmm. Yeah, was that during COVID? It nope. was not during COVID. It was, was before right COVID. Before. Yeah, it was, like, last November that this happened. Huh. Wait, is the Obi-Wan show canceled and no one told no. me? It is currently on hold. They don't actually, they did not actually release any real news because they're useless. They did, they didn't want people to get angry, I think. I don't think they'll cancel so who knows? it. It's, it's too big of a pull, but I do think there's a good chance they may entirely rework it. Uh-huh. Apparently, they had some like serious creative problems with it, like writing issues and things like that. Why can't Star Wars do anything anymore? Because they keep hiring like white that's dudes my Star to be Wars in power. For next episode. Well, why can't Star Wars do a thing? I think it's because they try to exude too much control. Yeah, yeah. I think that's part of it. I think part of it is as well they just keep hiring white dudes with egos. But the person on Obi yeah. wasn't a white dude. Like Deborah was the writer though. Show running. Was she writing? I don't know. They didn't have. I don't writer. think. I don't think. I don't think she was the writer. I think the issue came from the writer probably. Oh. That's what I heard anyway. I don't really know, so please don't quote me on this. I remember, but, like, I remember they were talking about script issues, um, yeah. which is why I was assuming it was the writer mm. being a baby. <laughs> which means, of course, I assume it's a white dude. Cause I think it was. I know I a lot of I know a lot of white dude writers, and they're all babies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, anyway, Star Wars will be good as long as they get rid of all the babies. Not Baby Yoda, though. Except for Baby Yoda. Well, he's uh, not a white so dude. He's a green dude. Today. The green dudes can stay. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's me now. Mm-hmm. I was like, Mig, Mig, take it away. It's save not, me from the babies, but you can't take me. me from the babies. I can't save anybody from anything. <clears throat> Speaking of babies, let's join Namir. <laughs> it was <laughs> a literal baby. Yeah. A literal baby, <laughs> which still shocks me, despite the fact I've known it for a million years. Anyways, today we're talking about chapters 14 to 20 of Twilight Company. Uh, shit goes down in these chapters. What a shock. 
First we're on planet Hoth, zero days before plan K10, which is just the day of plan K10. <laughs> Every single so one of these chapters started with zero days before plan K10. I'm like, no, it's just, it's just the, the day, day of. of plan K10. Right. Also, just- what is K10? It's the evacuation <laughs> of Hoth. They literally said that in the last chapter, Danny. Did you not listen to the episode? No. Oh. No, I just I was just editing it. I didn't have to listen to it. <laughs> you don't fair. listen as we talk. So that's fair. Perf- professional podcast. That you- I don't blame that's you. That's us. <laughs> See, this is why Apple didn't have us on their list. <laughs> yeah, this is why. I have this never is- listened to an entire podcast I've been on, and I'm not about to start now. <laughs> oh, big mood. Big mood. So the rebels aren't stupid after the Empire found Yavin 4 and Dantooine, uh, the bases on them. So Echo Base was built to be abandoned. A probe droid is their only warning, and they leap to action instantly. Oh, it's like the, that scene from the movie. Yeah, it's like the scene from the- so weird, right? That they had a Battle of Hoth twice. You haven't seen this one, <laughs> Saf, but it's um, this part is pretty good. It's really cool oh, okay. in the movie, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's cool in the yeah, book. Yeah, Dash, Dash Rendo's there. He saves the day. Why well, do I feel like that's what not now? true? Wedge the first there. Most- the first mission of Shadows of the Empire, the critically acclaimed video game Shadows of the Empire, is you get to be in a critically acclaimed. Hang on, define critically and define acclaimed, please. I feel like it's been critically declaimed. <laughs> yeah, like gamefanboy.com does not count as being like <laughs> Ben Ben Urso from the Skyhoppers podcast. Oh my god, can we say that things Rogue Pod likes are critically acclaimed <laughs> by Rogue Potter? We are critics. Courtship of Princess we Leia are critics. critically acclaimed. Critically acclaimed, critically acclaimed Star Wars Leia. book. And the critically like declaimed I our- Jedi. <laughs> We were I was critical. trying to explain. <laughs> we were critical. I was trying to explain IG to my flatmates the other day, and they were just like, "What?" And I was like, "When I mentioned that, like, Corin was trying to find his wife, so we decided to go to the Jedi Academy for a few months." And they were like, "What? Why?" <laughs> I was just like, "I don't know," because I was trying to explain why I hate Ixakun, and then I actually forgot why I hated him. I just remember from that book that I hate him, but I don't remember why. <laughs> I just know I hate him. You just have a subconscious hatred of Exarch. <laughs> I've literally forgotten everything that happens in that book except the fact that I hate it's this man. Cause, it's because he's been hanging around as an evil force spirit in the trees for 4,000 4, years or something like that. Oh, some shit like, like that. Just waiting for his chance to get back. I have <sighs> to say, I'm into hour 130 of The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, and for the first time I think that I'm beginning to understand Corrin Horn and I Jedi. Because at this point, I'm totally <laughs> capable of running into the castle and defeating Ganon and saving the princess. But I'm like, or I could go find some more wild berries so I could upgrade my armor. Oh my god, Corrin is a case. player yeah, in an RPG. I'm so proud. Not really, but... <laughs> oh, wow, I took that back real quick. <laughs> That's alright, I wouldn't expect anything else. Oh, Ooh. oh my oh my god. Wow. Alright, so... uh that makes a lot of sense. Corrin... That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Totally related to this. Well, because, like, I would... Listen, if I was Link, I would be like, who cares about Zelda? And then I would just spend the rest of my life with Prince Sidon. So, like, I get it. (laughs) I'm sorry I brought up Dash Rendar. (laughs) Okay, I'm done. You're done? You're done? You sure? Mm -hmm. It's okay, we'll talk about crabs later. Um... (laughs) 
Another sea creature, I guess. Anyways, the quote for this battle is, victory would be measured in the number of survivors, which is very bleak. Dark. <clears throat> Dark. Chalice finds Namir aboard the Twilight Shadow and tells him her offer still stands. Uh, she's on the next flight out, but Namir says that he's got to get Howl off first. Howl, of course, has offered to coordinate Hoth's infantry if the Empire strikes before the evac- evacuation is complete, and Namir's main priority is always to Twilight, so he's stuck here. Namir, Roha, and Beak. Quick shout out to Freed using the Oxford comma, I guess. <laughs> I wrote these notes like two weeks ago. I are sticking close together for warmth at the trench of Perimeter Outpost Delta. When the news comes through, a whole damn fleet of Star Destroyers has just dropped out of hyperspace. Namir's seen how much damage a single Star Destroyer can wreak on a planet. One is enough to get Twilight to back off. Roha starts bombarding Namir with questions, because that's what Roha does, and Beak points out that the energy shields are coming on above. It'll have to be a ground battle, which is better than orbital bombardment. This Rojas, seems fine. This is fine. Can, it's all good. Saf, can you remind me what Beak looks like? I don't know if we know what Beak looks like. Okay, because I imagine them as a bird person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, I just want to make sure we're My- all on the same page. <laughs> Oh, we're all the same. It goes to show where your beak bias is, though, that you go with bird person and not squid person or turtle person. Why are you getting mad about that? Meg, if it makes you feel feel any better, I was thinking of Beaker from the Muppets. Oh, I love that. I love that. (laughs) Beak is like running around giving orders and everyone is just like, we can't understand what you're trying to tell us. (laughs) The whole time. Amazing. We think Beak is distressed, but we're not sure. <laughs> we're sure. Beak is either distressed or warming up for a musical number in a couple minutes. Who knows? If there's something, Star Wars, no, if there's the something time. Star Wars needs, it's more Muppets. Absolutely. I feel like I'm the other person in disagreement with that, so I'm not gonna, not gonna make a thing of it. It's fine. I mean, they've already got Frank it's- Oz on contract. Like, what's stopping them? Exactly. Exactly. This kid, the puppets, will rebel and take over. It's legit. <laughs> uh, Roha spots the ships first. Beak recognizes the big thing that was underneath the hulls as Gozanti cruisers, which are like transport cruisers, basically, for big Empire weapons. Or not weapons, but like TIE fighters or walkers and stuff. Uh, and they definitely will have walkers on them. Mm-hmm. Not long after, he's proven right by Outpost Beta calling in landed troops. Something flashes in the sky, and everyone cheers. A woman tells... <laughs> Namir, that the first transport is away. Namir actually starts to smile and gives Roha a big hug, which confuses the poor guy. He's like, Chalice, the damn curse of a woman, was on that transport. Forget everything else, this is the best news that Twilight has had in months. I played this character in the Far, Far Away Radio Empire Strikes Back audio drama. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Throwback. Oh, yeah, you did. Yes. Oh, my God, you did. The voice I used was, <clears throat> the first transport is away. Nice. I feel like I'm really embarrassed. I felt like there yeah. were too many women in Empire Strikes Back, so I thought that I'd, I'd <laughs> there were one of them. There were. Saf, this might surprise you, uh, but there are a lot of women in Empire Yeah, it's like mostly women. Like, Darth wow. Vader t- is entirely Natalie Portman for that entire movie. Yeah. There's a whole two women in that movie. General Veer is definitely a woman. Absolutely. Admiral Piet, woman. Mm-hmm. Boba Chewbacca. Fett. <laughs> Boba Fett. Chewbacca, woman. Chewbacca has lipstick on the movie, just so you're sure. <laughs> yeah. And, like, braided hair. 
Basque woman, Dengar. What a horrifying image. Yeah, Forlom, woman. Yeah. Forlom and Zuckus, also women, lesbians. Forlom's, Forlom's a droid. Javi so. and Wiz, women. <laughs> They're in that movie? Yeah. Yeah. You don't really? see that. Like, you don't see, yeah. like, no. Oh. But they're, they're, they're in A-Wings flying. Not A-Wings, but they're, they're flying. On the snow speeders? The snow speeders, They yeah. look kind of like A-Wings. Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, and then apparently in New Canon, he died, and I'm still bitter about it. Oh, yeah, they did that in Rebels, didn't they? Not if you talk not to, Rebels, not but... if you talk to Nancy. There's, like, a short story in Star Wars Insider where he died. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I remember everyone being really mad about that. Just and I was to like, be I don't know rude. Because I hadn't read those books yet. <laughs> It's honestly just to be rude, and so it's just kind canon of canon is wow. arbitrary. Just d- someone, don't accept someone out there had a had a bone to pick with with him for right. whatever reason, and was like, "I'm going to get in control of the Star Wars story. I'm going to kill him." Right, but which I respect now because that's me with Corin. I mean, now Hobby can just come back with spider legs, so like that's pretty cool. Exactly. <laughs> It Every dead character in Star Wars can now come back. To you have to That's come. You have to come. Oh my god! Back that is, legs. if Robot Chicken was still doing Star Wars sketches, that would totally be one. Where it's just like every dead Star Wars character, like hanging out in a support group for like characters with spider legs. Yep. Do you think Qui Gon's like Force Ghost just haunts some spider legs and makes them move around? He doesn't have a body to connect to them anymore. I'm just imagining Qui-Gon, like, trying to reach out to Obi-Wan Kenobi through the Force, and just a pair of giant fucking spider legs <laughs> crawling over the hill. Just, and like, Obi-Wan, trust in the Force. Kenobi just, like, slowly closes the door to his butt, and it's like, whoop, had one too many of those Tatooine shrooms today. <laughs> not today, oh. master. Not today. Not today, master. Tattoo shrooms. It's like, this is not what I wanted. Mush tweens? Mush tweens. <laughs> there we go, we got there. Uh, it's almost as bad as Espcaf. Oh, almost. <laughs> almost, but I think we'll ever be. No, no, it's Topedos, it's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> Topedos. I'm sorry, I do just bring that up just to hear Meg do that noise. That's <laughs> fair. Anyways, Namir's having the best day of his damn life because Chalice is gone. <laughs> <laughs> Beta is the first outpost to be blown apart by walkers. The walkers don't even notice the proximity mines planted by Beta's personnel because they're just like, what are your flea? Um, it should be horrible, and it is horrible, and there's no way for them to take down a walker. But Namir's feeling good because uh, he finally has a purpose after weeks of nothing. And oh, Namir. Hoth, Hoth <laughs> may be fighting a losing battle, but at least it's a battle he knows how to fight. Mm. <laughs> oh, Namir. <laughs> The foreshadowing oh. is a little heavy on this one. Yeah. A little bit. It's one of those ones where it's Why like, just stop, stop saying just... it so much. You're just jinxing yourself. Oh, it's foreshadowing so much is just the mirror. <laughs> I mean, I personally go to Star Wars for its subtlety. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> the one thing George Lucas is most known for is nuance. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was about to say, when I think of George Lucas, I think of nuance. Good old George Nuance Lucas. <laughs> it's like poetry. It rhymes. <laughs> <clears throat> it's like poetry, through rhymes, but you have to look really, really closely to see the rhyme. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Namir's running through strategies for how Delta Outposts can help to keep the walkers away from the generators running the shields. When the woman from before, I guess the one told him that the ships had, ship had gotten out, uh, tells him that snowspeeders have engaged the walkers, but there's a scout party headed their way. 
Namir orders everyone to dig in and to hold out as long as possible. He makes a plan for dealing with the two floating gunnery platforms and the ATST escort, but the plan lasts all of 10 seconds into the enemy coming into range, but which, you know, is like what happens to plans. They take out the first platform but miss the second, and the stormtroopers jump down into the snow and head towards them. Namir and Roha and Beak try to distract the walker, but it takes the turret out, killing the soldiers inside. The battle goes to shit, and Namir focuses on keeping the stormtroopers and walker away from the trench. When he's taken out all the stormtroopers in his firing arc, he looks up to find that the walker has indeed crossed the trench. It nobody noticed, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Probably because they're all dead. Something hangs from the walker, like a piece of debris, and Amir realizes it's the woman who cheered the transport getting through. Her hand is trapped in the gears of the ankle joint, her legs aren't moving, but she's alive and smiling and she's got a grenade in her free hand. He wants to call out to her, but he doesn't know her name. The grenade explodes, taking her and the ATSD out. Freed! What the fuck? That was my starring role. (laughs) That was my big break. Freed was also like, nope, no sequel for this character. Yeah, Freed was also like, gotta get rid of those women. Too many women. (laughs) Too many women in Empire Strikes Back. (laughs) It's okay, he gets rid of all the men too. Yeah, fair. Equal opportunity killing here. Too many sentient beings in Empire Strikes Back. (laughs) Yeah. All of them. (laughs) They're all gone now. Namir turns back to find Rohan Beak. The stormtroopers have withdrawn, having destroyed Delta's turret and killing most of his troops. It's no longer a threat to them. The single vehicle at Delta was destroyed during the fight, and the Tauntauns have all run off, which means that Namir, Roha, and Beak have to walk back to base. They don't talk much as the sky flashes with rebel transports breaking through. They find an abandoned wheeled Imperial combat transport. That is a long, a long description. <laughs> that Roha calls a juggernaut about a kilometer off from base, and Roha gets it working again. Namir sits atop the transport as they go, looking out the destruction left behind by the walkers. They don't stop for the dying or to search for survivors, but Namir compromises by getting them to stop twice to pick up other stranded soldiers walking back. There's about a dozen of them in the juggernaut by the time the first AT-AT goes down. Wow, why didn't I just call it an ad ad? What the fuck? Because you did it correctly. Oh, I can't believe it's I betrayed though. myself. We are it's okay, I'll just not say it differently every time. Those podcasts. Move on to the next bullet, please. No, no, it's okay. I'll just say I'll just say it differently every time to make everyone happy. Uh, a man atop the juggernaut. <laughs> the man atop the juggernaut with Namir grabs his shoulders and says that if they can take down one walker, they can take them all. Namir, this is a quote. Namir doesn't agree, but he didn't correct the man. If it had been Twilight soldiers dying and evacuating, he might have uttered the same lie. Ooh, ooh. To get through the last, I feel like we've made that sound a lot in this book. <laughs> A lot of things happen in this book that require that sound. <laughs> they require the ooh sound. Ooh, yep. Ooh. To get through the last 500 meters to base, they have to weave past two at 80s and push through a line of stormtroopers. <laughs> <laughs> That's my compromise. I love it. <laughs> One soldier falls to the top of the juggernaut and another is shot through the chest while rising to toss a grenade. Brutal. But they make it through and join Echo Base's last line of defense. Namir finds a colonel to get their status. You know what? Reading colonel off of a page really makes me want to say colonel. 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 He's told that the shield's about to go down, and the last word for command before a walker took it out was for everyone to fall back and evacuate. Namir gets Roha and Beak to follow him into the chaos of Echo Base, and they head for command. Roha suggests splitting up for someone to prep the shuttle, but Namir says if they do, there's a good chance they'll never find each other again. They have to find Hal and then leave the planet together. And Namir just hopes he's not dooming them all. 
Spoiler alert, he is. He is. He has them hold position as he climbs through the wreckage of the main corridor to command. The moment he emerges from the corridor, a woman runs into him. And who else would it be but Chalice? What? Amir's pissed (laughs) because she's still here. (laughs) And he asks what she's doing. She asks him for help and he realizes she's dragging an unconscious howl. She tells him that she wasn't going to let Micah die because she's a secret softie. And Micah is Captain Yvonne Howl's first name. In case you all forgot. I like that she calls him by his first name. I know, it's so cute. I love it. I saw that and I was like, aw. She's a good person. I didn't go that far, but... I didn't go that far. I didn't actually go that far either. She's definitely a person. She's not a good person. She's not a good person. She just has a soft heart, turns out. She's a person Mm. and her name is Chalice. (laughs) (laughs) It takes a moment for the words to register and Namira's shocked to find that Chalice might actually have a heart. Or maybe she just wants someone in her debt. Namir, you fucking sit Oh my sidic. god. <laughs> Roha and Beak take Howl when they get him through the tunnel. Roha again asks a million questions and Beak again shushes him. Namir takes point and Chalice sticks a few steps behind him. She wants to circle around to avoid a fight, but he says they can take out a Stormtrooper squad if they prep. She barks out a laugh that he's used to hearing from fresh meat. It's a laugh of panic and fear, totally unlike the Chalice he's seen in previous battles. Something's wrong. Chalice tells him that these aren't just any stormtroopers, they're Darth Vader's personal legion. The 501st. Vader's here, and she thinks he's coming for her. See, we, we give Namir a hard time for jinxing himself by celebrating so hard that about Chalice being gone, but also Chalice was totally jinxing them by constantly being scared of the fact that Darth Vader was going to arrive. Right, She yeah. basically wheeled Darth Vader into existence on that station. Yeah, that's definitely the reason say, Vader was say there. Say Darth Vader into a mirror three times fast and he'll appear. Yes. <laughs> one, of, one of them will, anyways. One of them. I kind of want to try that now. <laughs> yeah, me too. I'm like, is there a mirror in this room? There is not. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Namir, bless his heart, says if they're under Vader, they'll just shoot him. Even Brilliant. Uh, is protesting now. <laughs> yeah. Mir's like, no, no, it's great. I have this plan. I've been thinking about this for a long time. Here's what we do. Uh, Shoot him. If I were were confronted by Vader, I would simply shoot him. That is a course. I feel like Sam was making a reference that we didn't get. (laughs) R.I.P. to the Rebel Legion, but I'm different. (laughs) Oh, no. Real talk here is the fact that Namir hasn't ever gone. Maybe someone else has shot at him. And it didn't work. Oh boy. At least this stupid boy, I love him. So <sighs> Even Beak is protesting now, uh, but Namir scouts ahead through the empty base. He's about to head back to his team after finding a pl- pitch black corridor that should lead to the hangar, entirely dark, which he trips over uh, the dead body of Crindle's alien pal from the mess hall. He doesn't mention the dead alien when he gets back. Great. I mean, that's just just common courtesy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, he doesn't want them to... Though, he should probably warn them not to trip over anything. Or else they might find it too. They head into the dark corridor together, and Amir flicks on the light mounted on his rifle. The arc of light illuminates more corpses, and one of them is Crindle. What a shock. We're just, like, legit in a horror film now at this point. It feels very, like, Mm -hmm. end of Rogue One right now. Mm -hmm. Corpses! (laughs) Woo! Flickering lights! It's great. It's, dark no, fine. corridors, fine. 
Scary monster <laughs> Natalie Portman hunting you down somewhere in the distance. Scary yeah, monster no, Natalie Portman. <laughs> I mean, Vader is a scary monster, isn't he? SMNP for short. Oh, okay, great. Thank you for clarifying. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Uh, here it is. Okay. Um, the corridor lurches suddenly, the ground shaking, debris and ice rain down from the ceiling, and the sound of an explosion reaches them. I can't summarize this in a way that captures how chilling it really is, so I'm going to read it. Also, I would like to note that uh, Google Docs is very determined to change chilling to chillin' there, and I don't know why. <laughs> very chillin'. <laughs> it's just, they're just chillin'. Vader's, Vader's chillin'. Vader's just vibing. Vader's just vibing. We're just, we're just chillin' here on Hoth. Yeah. It's just... <laughs> oh, it works on so many that. levels! <laughs> yep. Thank you, Danny. Thank you. Oh, Google Docs. When the shaking ended, Namiya saw a second light. Something had opened down the way. The hangar wasn't more than 100 meters ahead of them. Whatever happened next, they'd be able to run for safety. Namiya glanced back at his comrades, saw that they were unharmed, and then looked to Hal. Chalice was bent forward over his body. She was breathing heavily, but she'd taken the blows of the falling debris for him. She raised her head, her eyes wide with terror. Namiya turned back down the corridor. The light at the far end had been blotted out by six humanoid features. Five of them were dressed in white, like ghosts, and they glided forwards across the ice and rubble as if they'd been trained in Echo Base's own devastated hallways. Flanked by the five stormtroopers was a figure in black. Vader is here, Chalice whispered. It sounded like an accusation. Vader is here. 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 Oh, hey, Vader's yo, here. Yo, it's Vader. <laughs> He's vibing. Vader's vibe. He's just chilling here on Hoth. Vader's here and he's vibing. <laughs> I hate <Whoop>. it. <laughs> <laughs> he just yells vibe check and stabs <laughs> And then posts it on his TikTok. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> He does a trick shot, but his trick shot is throwing a lightsaber through a person. <laughs> <laughs> I'm now just imagining Vader with a with a TikTok, and he's holding his phone. And he's like, "Hey, watch, guys! I'm gonna do a trick shot." And just chucks his lightsaber, <laughs> <through a> dude. <laughs> this is the Anakin Skywalker we know and love. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely Anakin Skywalker, Darth Vader. Yeah, yeah yes. that's not that's not Natalie Portman. No, no. Natalie Portman would never have a TikTok. <laughs> Natalie already got no time for that shit. Nope. Yep. She has a LinkedIn, and that's it. <laughs> of course, <laughs> she's gotten and commendations if- on murder. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. The the Elicar sector, day one. Nope, day of Plan K one zero. After the injured are taken into the thunder strike. Brand boards the trumpet's call, which my brain continues to insist is called the strumpet's call, uh, <laughs> to investigate. Yeah. The trumpet's call. <laughs> I'm going to refer to that. Seth. Yeah. Qu- yeah. Qu- what, what is a strumpet? It's like a tramp. It is. Yeah. I was about to say, isn't it like a, like a term for a... For it's an old like a, style term for a lady who is. This is an actual word. Yeah, strumpet's a real word. Yeah, oh, it's gosh, basically an old timey version of slut. Yeah. Oh, a female prostitute. Sure. Yeah, um, a trumpet. Yeah, that comes up regularly in my daily lexicon. I mean, 
I read a lot of Ripper lore, so... <laughs> yeah, I think that might be why I know it, too. It com- it's just in my it com- brain somewhere. It comes up. <laughs> it comes up. That's fine. I know for some reason. Anyways, that's what my brain is determined to tell me the trumpet's call is. Yeah, called. the trumpet's call. <laughs> yep. The trumpet's call. Because it felt more fitting with the Empire ship names we know and love. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she... Yes. Yes. Yes, that made me entirely lose where I was. Anyways, whoever they saved... Nope, that was not where I was. <laughs> I almost jumped ahead and ruined everything. Um, <laughs> spoiler alert for like three paragraphs down. Oh. Uh, Bran boards the strumpet's call to investigate. The jump logs don't really confirm or deny her suspicions. The freighter looks legit, but something still feels wrong to her. As she brings up the crew record, and it all seems fine until she hits the last record. Her time as a bounty hunter means she's trained her brain to memorize faces. She's bad at people, but it's an important skill to notice details like that. She doesn't doubt her memory. And none of the faces from the crew records match up with any of the injured transport injured people transported to the Thunderstrike. Whoever they saved, they weren't the crew of the Strumpet's Call. She can't get in contact with anyone. <laughs> Thank you, Meg, for changing that for me. I didn't do anything. <laughs> oh, who the fuck was that? Danny? <laughs> Ash? Ash? You giggled. You know I'm the- you got mad at me the last time I was in the notes, so I just no, don't no. Even bother anymore. You're allowed in the notes. Just <laughs> clicking, clicking on the word, clicking on the word I'm about to read is a bad time for me. <laughs> Danny, as you're allowed in the notes, it's fine. <laughs> wow, you've really made it as a rogue pod co-host. You're now allowed to be in the show notes. <laughs> Yeah, you this, can this add that to your uh, patches. Yeah, yeah. yeah there we go. The Rogue Pod merit badge. <laughs> Allowed in the show notes. Uh, yeah. They weren't the crew of the Strumpet's Call, which is a bad sign, obviously. Uh, she can't get in contact with anyone, and the Thunderstrike's airlock takes precious time to cycle. By the time it opens, the klaxons are already going off, and Twilight has been infiltrated. Man, I hate it when you're expecting strumpets and you don't get strumpets. Right? Instead, you just get dickheads. Ugh. Is that is that the alternative? <laughs> no, I'm just saying that the Empire are dickheads. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the alternative. Oh, I thought this was the Strumpets call, but instead it's the dickheads call. <laughs> <laughs> also, a fitting Empire name. I feel. Yeah. That's like that's like the one where they like they did the poll, the public poll of like yeah. name our name this Imperial Star Destroyer. And like a Dick million people call. wrote it and voted for the dickheads call. And they're like, <laughs> well, we're going to have to go with the second place option now and call it Shippy McShip Face. Right. <laughs> Yikes. Never let people make any decisions. This no, is why the Emperor does not like democracy. <laughs> That's Palpatine going, I love democracy. <laughs> <laughs> oh mm-hmm. <laughs> this is how democracy dies with really bad online polls <laughs> <clears throat> back to planet hoth on day one of plan k10 vader looks just like the bust from the governor's mansion i'm gonna read a quote here because it's great uh but the bust hadn't conveyed his height or the amorphous below his cloak Red and green lights winked from the chest piece of his armor, making him resemble something built rather than born. Okay, but they're totally going to upgrade that bus now, and it's going to have all these special features, and it's going to be great. It's going to have all these special features. <laughs> <laughs> like blinking lights. Yeah, like yeah. blinking lights and like a billowing cloak. 
Yeah. Uh, I don't know. That's a huge part of the animation budget, so. Mm. <laughs> I'm sorry. I still find that very funny. <laughs> okay. Can you imagine Twilight Company as an animated television show, though? Oh, that would be brutal. <laughs> that would be, that would be brutal. <laughs> like, oof. Ooh, oh. That'd be a lot. That would be a lot. I'm just thinking about how heavy that would be. <laughs> but if it was done by whoever directed the like anime part of Kill Bill, that would be mm. visually chef's kiss. <laughs> that would be visually sick. Yeah. Namir, of course, sick in is... this case is being used in the positive sense. Yeah. We're trying yeah, to reclaim much... the war- word after all right. this COVID stuff. I'm reclaiming, <laughs> as a sick person, I am reclaiming this word. See. Because <laughs> I am always sick, but I am also sick as hell. You can decide just, which one is which later. I, I just need the listeners to know that when that. Saf said that, she gave the, like, okie-dokie hand signal, and at the exact same time, Meg was fanning herself. <laughs> and I know these things are disconnected, but, like, the visuals happening at the same time was just, just, mm. They're absolutely connected. It's, I, it felt right. We're connected through the Force. Saf and I are a Force dyad, or whatever. We are a Force dyad, it's true. There's She's the light, dyad, I'm the dark, sure. like... <laughs> I mean, I'm in light right now. You're in dark. See, see, <laughs> two different like darkness rises and light like, to meet it. Come on, come on. <laughs> it just makes sense. Uh, so Namir, of course, is sure that they can shoot and kill Vader because they're different. <laughs> the damn fool. <laughs> when he sees Vader deflect a bolt, he thinks it's just a force field built into the armor, and it sure is a force something. Chalice tells him that they need to go now, but retreating will leave them exposed, so Namir holds the trigger down and aims at Vader. And, as mentioned in the earlier chapter, the last episode, uh, those guns, if you hold them down, overheat and burn you. And he is doing that. He is holding that trigger down and not letting go. <laughs> Vader does not fall. Then, Vader pulls out his lightsaber. <laughs> he leaps forward and bisects Beak. There's a trick shot. He deflects Roha's grenade towards Namir, knocking him to the ground. He can't move. But he sees Roha's dead body in the snow. Chalice is confronting Vader, congratulating him for finding her. She's not going to beg for her life. The Empire was damn lucky to have her, and it pushed her to betrayal. Vader force chokes her, and Amir describes what Vader does as nightmare logic, which is just mwah, perfect. So good. Oh, I love that. Which is sick as hell, <laughs> as I wrote in the notes. <laughs> Vader does not seem to care about who Chalice is, and asks her where Skywalker is. She and Namir are both extremely confused, and she's probably a little bit heartbroken. A stormtrooper tells Vader that the Falcon has been located, so he chucks Chalice at a wall and leaves. Namir blacks out. The Elokar? My brain keeps introducing Ecolar, because it sounds cool. Anyways, the Elokar system, day one of Plan K10. No, it's day off Plan 1K0. Thank you, Danny. Uh, Bran thinks that the blast doors being sealed shut is a good sign until she finds out she finds Charmer Roach and the other crew, crew trying to get through a door, which means that obviously the infiltrators lock down the ship. Uh, Charmer won't make it through the door in time, so she goes to find another way into the command deck. Roach tells Bran that Gadron was in the armory when the lockdown happened, which means that he'll have guns. Yeah, four it won't guns be a to be specific. He's got four guns. <laughs> four guns. He could have five if he holds one in his, holds one in his mouth. I'm I, I was now that I'm saying that. his biceps. Yeah. Oh. So he's going to have eight oh. guns. 
It's going to have eight guns. Nine guns if he holds one in his mouth. <laughs> yeah. My brain was like, yeah, you can hold a dagger in your mouth. You can hold a gun in your mouth. As, I'm like, how do you pull a trigger flexing. with your tongue? Like- Gadrin can do whatever the fuck he wants with his mouth. Honestly, yeah. Huge, yeah, sure. Huge mouth. Mm-hmm. Big mouth. Big mouth boy. Yeah, let's not let's not let that be his nickname. <laughs> let's yeah, keep workshopping I, that one. We, we'll I'm I'm, I'm that. so sorry. We'll I'm so sorry, Abigail. We'll keep working on it. Big mouth boy. We'll on <laughs> Old BMB. <laughs> oh no, I can't handle that. I don't like it. <laughs> I regret that. I regret that so much. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, his escape won't be subtle, but he's got a better chance of it than Charmer. Bran tells Roach that if she makes contact with Gadrin, to tell him to meet her at the bridge. Bran goes back to the strumpet. The freighter is real messed up, which works to her advantage. The safety systems can't stop her as she unmoors the strumpet and activates its thrusters. The thunderstrike obviously doesn't unclamp, <laughs> and the metal howls as she tries to break free. Yeah, she unmoors the, strum- the strumpet's th- thrusters. Yep. <laughs> Ooh, the strumpet breaks first, atmosphere venting into space. Bran delights the freighter in the direction of the Thunderstrike and flies it towards the bridge. Over comms, she hears Sar- 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 Yep. I missed the R there. Sargon. Uh, die. Great. Love to hear <laughs> I really it. butchered that. I feel like I went very charmer with Free it. Free just uh, killed anyways. every secondary character in these set of chapters. Yep. Uh, she hears Sargon die as he broadcasts a warning to the flotilla. Bran considered Sargon a friend. This is a quote. Early in her tenure with the company, she'd intruded on his privacy, dug around and learned who he had been before the war. He was an actor, a musician, a historian, a man of a hundred talents, none of which he ever admitted to in front of Twilight. She respected him for that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I feel like Bran does not have many friends, and one of her early ones just died, which is... Mm. Oof. Welcome to the war, baby. <laughs> the flotilla understands Saigon's last warning, and every ship jumps out except for the Thunderstrike and Apollana, which is loyal to the end. When the strumpet is closer, Bran goes black, black back to the hole that used to be the airlock. She knows the interior of the sun- Thunderstrike like the back of her hand, but not the exterior, which she intends to correct if she survives this. She propels herself through space towards a maintenance hatch. She grabs at the rim of the hatch and manages not to bounce away into space. She forces the hatch open and gets inside. She takes one last look out at space, and part of her wants to linger, to achieve a sense of solitude that seemed just out of reach. And she sees a Star Destroyer arrive. Great! I know when I'm trying to achieve a sense of solitude, (laughs) I I need Star Destroyers to arrive. I love it. To help me with that. (laughs) Planet Hoth. Day of Plan K10. For a long time, Namiya can't tell the difference between dreams and reality. He knows where he is, but he's less sure about his friends dying. He remembers seeing the bodies of Beak and Brand, recalls images of a walker crushing Roach and Roha being bisected by a blade of red energy. <laughs> <clears throat> Oof. Another great quote. N- Namiya recalled something Gadron had told him shortly after he had joined Twilight Company. The alien had taken it upon himself to educate Namir about the nature of the universe, about hyperspace and comets and stellar masses, and he'd spoken of a singularity in the galactic deep core. In the middle of everything, Gadrin said, there was a black hole that devoured all light and energy, exerting a gravitational pull more powerful than a thousand suns. The entire galaxy rotated around this crux of darkness. 
Namira in the middle of, of everything. could not be killed. <laughs> there was a black hole that devoured all light and energy. Yes. Yes. Exerting a gravitational pull more powerful <laughs> than a thousand suns. The entire galaxy <laughs> rotated around this crux of darkness. <laughs> what would we do without this? Um... <laughs> Can I also say that, yes, Gadrin is also a stellar mass? Oh, yeah, he is. Mm, that BMB. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's not an inaccurate name. It's just not great. <laughs> it, just has, it just has a feeling to it that I'm not fond of, you know? Yeah. I always have to just... note the timestamp when I do a Gadrin voice because I have to adjust the levels. <laughs> It's just really enthusiastic. <laughs> just like Gadrin. Just like Gadrin. Uh, so he thinks, yeah, he remembers the entire galaxy rotated around the crux of darkness. And then he remembers a man in black armor who could not be killed, Darth Vader. Uh, I feel like that analogy is pretty clear there. I dig it. I feel like Freed really gets to the core of what makes Vader terrifying, yeah. and I love it. And the, like, I, I give like a similar energy idea- in this to the end of Rogue One. Yeah. I kind of like the idea that a lot of people don't know who Vader is, or like yeah. what he is, or a lot of people don't even know that he exists. He's just a monster. Yeah, that, he's, he's like a boogeyman, and there's no survivors. It's yeah, like the, there's is... a there's a Star Wars comic where he says, "All I see around me are fe- is fear and dead men," and I'm like, Damn. "Yeah, that's Darth Vader." Yeah, like Damn. I love. It's such a good line, but I love that's good shit. I love the idea that Vader's just what's the line? Not that many people even. All I see around me are fear and dead men. Not just dead men. (laughs) 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 I like how I don't get to finish it. (laughs) You don't. You don't. We we know it. (laughs) Dead women and dead children and dead non binary folk, too. Yep. Everyone's dead. everyone's dead uh also like you said ash uh like earlier not too long ago in this chapter when namia thinks he can kill vader he's like he can't hurt me like his brain is telling him he can't hurt him because vader's just a boogeyman he's not real he's a ghost basically like a, a yeah. supernatural story uh yeah you're not right there namia he's real and he will kill you <clears throat> he finds roha collapsed over how nope he finds beak cut in two beak not roha uh, and reality asserts itself. Vader is real, and he has killed everyone. He finds Roha collapsed over Hal. Both of them did. Hal actually just died from his concussion. Uh, Vader didn't do anything there. His one thought is that he needs to get back to Twilight. He stumbles towards the hangar, and when he looks up, he finds Chalice doing the same. He tries to say her name, and she takes a swing at him. She looked <laughs> like she'd been hanged and freed from the noose too late. I love her being like, fuck you, man. Yeah. Get out of here. <clears throat> she's she's real heartbroken right now. She's dealing with some grief here. Yeah. She needs uh, a tub of ice cream. He tells her that they need to go, and she follows him. When they reach the hangar, they find the Twilight Shadow untouched. What, what good luck. Namir tells Chalice that she needs to talk them through the blockade, or else they'll be shot down. Namir glares at him, hateful, but he keeps telling her she has to try until she eventually does. They get through the blockade and jump to hyperspace. He'll find the coordinates for the flotilla later. It's fine. He leans back in his seat and shivers. 
Beacon Rohar are dead. Howler's dead. The Alliance is scattered. Things do not look good. Also, Chalice is with him still. <laughs> Unfortunate. The, em- the Empire did, in fact, strike back. <laughs> <laughs> You're right! <laughs> Ooh, it sure did. Alocar system. Day of plan K10. Verge broadcasts to the Thunderstrike. He has an offer from Palps. Bran thinks he sounds like a child, and that's because he is. She listens to him as he as she attempts to hotwire the controls of the blast doors, cutting off the bridge. He's being a baby about the rebels betraying the Empire and blah 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 blah. He wants Chalice, and Bran can't even laugh because Chalice has been gone for two weeks now, and she's still going to be the death of them all. Because Chalice is what? <laughs> we'll never know. <laughs> Thanks, Discord. You're welcome. <laughs> Sorry, I lost where I was. Oh. How did I even do that? Okay, yeah. He wants Chalice, and Bran, Bran can't even laugh because Chalice has been gone for weeks now, and she's still going to be the death of them all. She gets into the bridge and takes down the infiltrators alongside other crew who were held captive. She ignores Verge as he keeps blabbing on and on. The Apollonis promise puts itself between the Star Destroyer and the Thunderstrike. The stupid and loyal, stupid and faithful, beyond belief. Brand hates playing leader, but she kind of has to here. She tells the crew they need to jump out and take the hit of not having shields. They transmit the coordinates to the Apollonis and hope it follows them. They zoop out of there and hope for the best. Zoop. 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 Planet Sullust, the day of Plan K10. Yeah, I love Sullust, where everyone is happy and things are fine. Everyone's... Everyone's happy and things are great. SP-475 <laughs> joins stor- the other stormtroopers surrounding a freighter called Keepsake. If the ISB is right, it belongs to the most wanted terrorists on Solust. She hopes the info is right, because the Empire has gone real fascist about finding terrorists since the attack on the processing facility. But she she trusts she trusts them. She trusts that they're doing the right thing. Okay, SP-475. Usually, <laughs> usually when things get real fascist, that's, that's the time to stop trusting <laughs> That's generally a bad sign yeah. of any uh, any leadership. You gotta got check that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she'd received a commendation for reporting an influx of supplies to workers. Her uncle was taken into custody a week ago. She's sure he'll be released once things calm down. He's not actually a criminal. It'll be fine. <clears throat> I got some bad news for you. <laughs> it's before 7 5. Mm-hmm. She's bought into the propaganda and thinks that Neum Num, etc. are actual monsters. They search the freighter and find a bunch of real propaganda and some back to supplies. They pull a Chadra fan from a hidden compartment. He teases them about Num being somewhere in the city and that he's not actually going to tell them anything. He doesn't give them anything at all and three stormtroopers take him out. I really love the she imagery hears... of a Chadra fan just like hiding in a hidden compartment. Right. It's good. It's good. She hears the stormtroopers over comms yell detonator, detonator, and the impact drop knocks her back. She manages to survive, but the stra- freighter and the Chadra fan and the other stormtroopers are all destroyed in the blast. Bye, bitches. I love Celeste, where things are fine and everyone is happy. I love Stormtroopers. This book is about so many happy people doing great things. So Just having the best time. Oh, At least Namir had a brief moment of happiness. Like, probably the happiest he's ever felt. Yep. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Sucks. 
Yep. Amir's like, <clears throat> I sure know what it feels like to win, to fight losing battles. And we're like, oh, okay. It's like, oh, Chalice, I, I love to fight losing battle and I love that Chalice is far from here. Yep. Well, you get to do yep. one of those things. <laughs> it's fine. It's totally fine. It's so fine. It's so fine, buddy. It's so fine. Buddy. Buddy. All right. Well, speaking of people. Let's ask some questions. People. <laughs> Is it me? Yeah. Speaking of people who are fine, our listeners. <laughs> I can't. Sorry. Discord cut out and then my phone died and I can't open the notes. Oh, Ash. <laughs> oh no. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Do you want- I'm trying. I'm so sorry. Can somebody put it in the Discord chat? <laughs> or I can also take it from here because there's some weird stuff. Sure. But, go like ahead. there's an image. So if I'm there's a I'm lot sorry, of images. I'm yeah. If all of your things are breaking, then like I can take it from here. <laughs> we haven't answered this one. Yeah, we did. We haven't. I haven't. What I have not. Question? Oh, I said it was Admiral Akbar's forearms is what it was my favorite thing. Oh yeah, I said Plo Koon's face. Yeah. It's little like What's your favorite example of crab imagery used in the Star Wars saga? Uh mine is the <sighs> Hang on, I've lost it. Give me a moment. Crab. <laughs> well while Saf is looking, mine is in the Phantom Menace when they're in their little underwater bubble ship. Mm. And that big fish tries to eat them, and then out of nowhere, a giant crab grabs the fish and eats the fish. And Qui Gon says, "There's always a bigger crab." Great, oh like yeah, a that's a really good, really moment. good life lesson. Yeah, always- uh, my favorite are my favorite crab imagery is the Mon Cala crab, which are repulse lift restraint devices, um, and they look really cool. They look real cool. Great. I didn't catch the verb and the noun in that sentence you said, but I'm excited to see pictures of the Moncal crab. It's like a, it's like a weird little looking little crab device that like restrains people. Oh. Um. Hang on. Like in a kinky way. Yeah. No. I mean, depends, that's how depends like if you if, if you're like Meg or not. <laughs> De- it's not used as a kinky it, way in Star Wars. It though, give you depends that. on who your husband is and if your husband is Admiral Ackbar. So. <laughs> and I'm gonna Rub put a picture of the notes because they look really cool. It looks so cool and cute. Yep. Wow. That's definitely for for a playroom. I'm just saying. Um, I just want to hold my snacks. Follow along behind me and hold my snacks. Yeah. Many those can, those can be one and the same. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Oh yeah, I know. I'm just saying that's what this guy would do for me. Yeah. Hold snacks. Okay, well some glistener responses. Um Tom the fanboy <laughs> the first <laughs> gave an image of crab Pepsi. <laughs> <laughs> What is it? Just just Pepsi with a splash of crab juice? I don't. I don't want that. Galaxy's Edge sells Coke. (laughs) (laughs) You got the wrong brand there, buddy. Come on. But that's okay because Tom the fanboy has another response. (laughs) There are no rules. Uh, In typical Tom the fanboy fashion. Yeah. His favorite crab in in the saga is Obi Wan Kenobi. Um, because when he does his little lightsaber stance, when he has one hand near his face and then his other is out and he has his two fingers out, those are his little nippers. 
I I honestly love this. I love this so much. He's a ma- he's a master of the crab lights. Yeah, off, light light th- light light <laughs> <Light-saber. laughs> And so he scuttles along yeah. as he yeah. And so Tom so wipes the people. Tom I, attached a photo just, of him doing it in the Clone Wars, uh, rots and in Star Wars Rebels when he's old. So he's consistently with his nippers. Obi Wan crabs Obi. You know, like that bit in Revenge of the Sith where Grievous just kind of crawls around like a spider. Maybe he's actually crawling around like a crab. Oh my god, he's just making fun and, of. Oh my god, he's just making fun of like, Obi Wan the make- whole time. <laughs> He's making fun of Obi-Wan's crab lightsaber form. <laughs> He's mocking He's like, him. Oh, you think you're a crab? Well, <laughs> look how many feet I have. That's a good grievous clanking sound effect impression, Meg. Thank you. <laughs> it was good. Side note, that part of Revenge of the Sith gave me nightmares for years as a child. Because it's scary. That was the part that gave you nightmares for years. <laughs> Cr- crispy Anakin, I was fine with. Anakin grievous kills a, a nope. room full of children. Fine. And yet Ash is like, there was that part where the robot with a cough walked around like a crab. <laughs> it's creepy. <laughs> I, I am who I am, Danny. <laughs> who are you to judge, Danny? I'm definitely not. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's some good stuff. Exploits in History said, My favorite crab moment in Star Wars was when the first book of the New Jedi Order series introduced terrifying aliens wearing laser-proof, lightsaber-proof armor made from Von Dune crabs. Then the second book gave those crabs an immediately fatal pollen allergy. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hot topic mall goth crabs. I love Star Wars so much. <laughs> We're... Sabers can't penetrate us, but it's high pollen season. (laughs) I got hay fever and it's going to take me down. I I love that our stupid questions like this can actually teach us things about Star Wars sometimes. It's really upsetting. And then other times you get crab pipsy. Yeah. (laughs) You you, you win some, you lose some. (laughs) Um, You said, my favorite crab moment sure isn't Mon Calamari and Crab Puffs. Having a Wikipedia entry almost as detailed as a Sears sailor. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. It may, however, be the fact that Crab Stuff Cream Puff entry has a banner about how it needs to be updated to take into account new information from the mobile t- game Tiny Death Star. <laughs> our our pod sibling uh, clear from <laughs> our pod sibling clear from Imperial Senate loves that game. That's amazing. Tiny Death Star is really cute. What I've never heard of it this. Is. What is Tiny Death Star? It's like it's a mobile game. Yeah, so like you build layers of the Death Star, and so like each little layer has like different things that you do there and different workers, and so mm-hmm. it like level up with more layers and more workers. Um, it's and like the the icons and stuff are like all like chibi and cute, and like it's just it's a cute game. I think it got discontinued. Yeah, maybe because when I think when I think of a cute. RTS game, I think of building the Death Star. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of other things don't have layers. <laughs> anyway, um, Dylan said, I wish I could have a more clever answer for the Glistener question, but my favorite crab moment in Star Wars is the understatement of a station superintendent calling Maul and Savage two of the crabbiest Zabrax this side of the Hydean. <laughs> Oh, that's an extremely classic answer. Perfect answer. I love it. 
They are crabby, though. Ben Warman said, My favorite crab moment is the 1.5 seconds of screen time that Therm Scissor Punch got in Solo. <laughs> For the record, is number five on the five best things about that movie. The other four are Maul, Enfys Ness, Terrace Kazi, and Woody Harrelson dying. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> what right. is your bone to pick with Woody Harrelson? You're right. You're right. Ben, ben is uh, right. Probably the fact that it wasn't Val. Yeah. Lots of, oh, lots yeah, of things no, that's that are fair. wrong. That's fair. Um, dinner leader said, best crab moment has to be Grievous crab walking to his little wheelie bike. <laughs> oh, his little wheelie bike. <laughs> his little wheelie bike. <laughs> God bless. Uh, Suarez said my favorite crab moment in Star Wars is Spider Maul, who could also be read as Crab Maul. That's true. It's true. I cannot find myself agreeing with this because he attached a picture of Spider Maul looking extremely like a spider and not a crab. And he clearly has, like, the spider butt. (laughs) Yeah, he's got a spider butt. I'm sorry, but crabs don't have that much. Crabs don't have that much of a badonkadonk. Yeah. Yeah. That is a spider badonk, for sure. That is a spider badonk. (laughs) That's science. I'm sorry to say. Spider fact. <laughs> Maul may be crabby, but he is not a crab. Unfortunately. No. So this week's question is that we recently... I would like to... Before oh, we get right. to this week's question. Yeah. I would like to give a glistening body to Yubsy, just because the way that she describes... This is just is such a funny listener response. I just... <laughs> the she I didn't... The I Mon Calamari and Crab Puff information about their Wikipedia entries is just yeah. very funny to me. Um, I want to give one to Ben Warman because I also agree with that list and Therm's yep. Punch. I'm going to give one to Tom the Fanboy for the Obi-Wan. It's so numbers. smart. <laughs> it's so It's really good. I'm really impressed by it. I'm going to take away the glistening body that Saf gave to Tom the Fanboy because we cannot keep encouraging this disregard for the rules of Rogue Potter listener response entry, which clearly state one response per listener Glistening bodies are non-refundable. We cannot take it back. Oh, man. <laughs> it's in the small print. I'm sorry. Well, if I'm going to get on a soapbox about rules, I, I guess said... that I have to then follow the said rules. <laughs> sorry, exactly. Ash, did you want to give a glistening body? I'm going to give mine to Suara because I said the exact same thing about <laughs> Grievous's spider walk. <laughs> Do you mean dinner leader? You mean dinner leader, don't you? Yeah. Was it dinner leader? Dinner leader. Yeah. Suara said <laughs> I love spider mall. I love the implication there that, like, she doesn't want to actually give dinner the pony, <laughs> so she awards it to someone. Oh, my definitely dis- Suara, right? My-, oh, my Discord keeps cutting out. I'm sorry. No, it was, no, it's fine. It was dinner. It was dinner. Dinner's getting a surprising <laughs> number of glistening bodies yeah, lately. What the fuck is happening? Out. We need so- back. <laughs> I'm sorry, dinner. I'm- <laughs> it's just quarantine, I guess, has been helping his creativity. Uh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so next time, this week's question is, we recently learned about Vader's all-staff emails. Let's switch from Vader's professional life to his personal. Describe if Vader would post to his personal TikTok account. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I'm gonna say. I feel like I already. I need to think. I already about did this. it with the trick shot. Yeah, you. The Vi- vibe check and chuck a lightsaber. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, that's mine. Vibe I've check. already done it. Amazing. Um, I'm gonna. I'm gonna wait. I gotta think about this. <laughs> Just watch a bunch of TikToks to see which yeah, one strikes your favorite. Yeah, because like I haven't. I haven't really watched TikToks. 
So honestly, Vader would probably be the kind of person with the TikTok, like those idiots that are sticking pennies in electrical outlets. Like I feel like that has big Anakin Skywalker energy. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, no, no. I know what it would energy. be. It would be all of those like quarantine TikToks where it's like the the teens who are like, "Oh, my mom's so glad I'm ho- at home all day," and it's them like annoying the crap out of them <laughs> as they just <laughs> as like their parents just ignore them, but their parent is Palpatine. So it's like Palpatine trying to conduct business and Vader's in the background being like yep. swishing his lightsaber around like, <laughs> pop, pop emperor master look at this master 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 look at this cool trick that's shot that's absolutely it um I think that Vader is into lip syncing mm. but uh since you can't <laughs> nobody see, can tell you can't not. tell it's just like a one minute video of like music and then Vader staring at the camera <laughs> Oh, Anakin. <laughs> He's just like, nailed it. He's so, so proud of himself. Stupid. And the best part is he, he did it, he, he did like 10 takes on it before he got it perfect. Of course. Oh my god. Oh, Anakin, you idiot. Bless Anakin, dumbass Skywalker. Oh, I love him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, listeners, hit us up with your answers to this week's question to our Twitter at RoguePodron. Our email is RoguePodron at gmail.com. Our website is RoguePodron.com. And I've got my book, so give me like one second. You'd think I'd be prepared at this point in time, but apparently not. I'm being passive-aggressive to my past self. Um, want to help fund Meg's trip to a galaxy far, far away to finally unite with the be-tentacled love of her life? Support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash roguepodron. I'm suddenly finding myself compelled to donate to our own Patreon. Because <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do want to fund Meg's trip to a galaxy far, far away to be reunited with the, 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 the tentacled. Please. Oh the tentacled is such a good adjective. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you can also subscribe to us via the Rogue Podron feed on iTunes, Stitcher, FeedBurner. I did that right. Podbean, Spotify, blah, blah. All of them. I almost said... <sighs> Feeder and Stitch Burner. <laughs> Which are probably also podcast apps, honestly. There's so many. You Stitch know. Burner is what I do when I'm not happy with a sewing project. I was just about to make that joke. <laughs> Same person. Same person. <laughs> Rate and review us on iTunes. Uh, get us on the Apple Podcast list for Best Star Wars Podcasts 2021. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. That was a <laughs> 2021 we actually have reviews we have reviews this time it's very exciting i'm very excited uh we've got new season same mod hijinks five stars from fatmatic the new season starts off with a bang with twilight company by alexander freed awesome book by the way don't miss out on this these guys are insightful their improv with an episode are funny and will leave you on stitches they're ultimate pros and beautiful people uh-huh. pash out pew to infinity and beyond Sorry for the Toy Story pun. Aww. Aww. Thanks, Fatmatic. I like Fatmatic. And then we also have two, two whole reviews. I'm so excited. <laughs> Technically a book club. Five stars from <laughs> Abigail Dillon. This is the best, <clears throat> best right. title of a review. <laughs> <laughs> the way Star Wars books ought to be treated, with absurdist humor, thoughtful analysis, dramatic readings, and marine biology tangents. 
It all fits perfectly together through the fact that you can tell the hosts love spending this time with each other. Wait, wasn't that one of our bits that we actually like spending time with each other, but we don't? What? I mean, it's it's been our longest running what? bit that we actually like spending time with each other. Wow. Apparently we're pulling it off because we're getting reviews about it. Well, yeah. <laughs> it's like the whole premise of our podcast. We have to keep the bit going. <laughs> we commit to the bit. Otherwise, we, we will never make any more money again. <laughs> what? Because yes, all of our income comes from this episode. I mean, all of our episodes. That's the other bit that we've got going on. Ah, uh, that we don't make that money? We make that we money? do. <laughs> oh, that we do make we money. We don't? I don't okay, know. Okay. What does the wiki I'm, say? We have so many I bits, only podcast for the money. What does the wiki <laughs> Ash. say? You, you know that us liking each other isn't a bit, because there's no way we would all have been able to keep track of that being a bit for this long. <laughs> we've got, we've got too many what bits are the bits, ongoing, are the bits? Do I don't bit. even know anymore the word bit is starting to sound funny to me now there are so many bits yeah. it's like at some point during the podcast one of us snaps and is like Danny you know how much I hate you you need to get out of here oh, right no. now Danny, edit <laughs> this that is the out. last time Danny you gotta edit that out <laughs> oh damn it yeah no you can't you can't I'm snap at wait- Danny because Danny will just edit it out and act like we're still fine <laughs> I'm just waiting for somebody to clip that portion of the podcast and put it on Twitter and be like see <gasps> they hate each other <laughs> Imagine if someone used that against us. That would be so funny. That would be so funny. Oh my god. That would be so funny. So here's a secret about editing the podcast. I cut out things mm-hmm. that I say like 80% more than I cut out things that any of the rest of you say. Yeah, that's I thought that's you didn't real. do any cutting. Uh, sometimes I'll hear myself say a thing and I'm like, yeah, I'm definitely cutting that out. But like, you all you all sound so great all the time. So journalistic I never have to cut integrity. What? The journalistic integrity of our podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I joined Ropog for the journalistic integrity, damn it. That's true. We're known for. (sighs) Oh, well, I guess guess we've got that laurel no longer to stand on. (laughs) (laughs) Now Um, all we have left is that we're technically a book club. Yeah. I think that came about because Tom from Delray was asking on Twitter about, like, Star Wars Book Club podcast or book club podcast and like multiple like even the rogue pod account and then also multiple people mentioned us and we're like uh kind of we're technically a book club but then (laughs) technically a book club but then tom said something like very nice about us like we are a book club of course he did very good to be fair tom has been on our podcast so it's true for like five seconds i think cameo in episode 50 (laughs) yeah a brief cameo on episode 50. Yeah. Uh, I would also like to state for the record, in case anybody is confused, which I doubt anyone is, when I was tweeting about being offended that Star Wars did not hire us <laughs> as the book club podcasters, I was kidding. Are you sure? <laughs> I was. I, I want us to be free from any constraints. No strings attached. Yeah. Could so you we imagine if we as worked as we for want. Lucasfilm? <laughs> People sometimes think that we are shills for Star Wars, and I'm like, have you listened to our podcast? You would be fired faster than any other director in the history of Star Wars. Yeah, man. Yep. We got we got fired so fast we never got hired to begin yeah. with. <laughs> like they they thought about extending an offer and then they're like, wait a minute. <laughs> this is Rogue Pod. Alright, so <laughs> Thank you for those wonderful reviews, Fatmatic and Abigail Dillon. Um, we really appreciate it, and thank you for listening. And we're glad that you all actually think that we're funny and that we're pros. 
We need the stars because we're hungry, but more than ever right now, we need the positive validation. We do. We really do. Oh, we we yes. love that validation. Sweet, sweet validation. Right. So, because we're going on 135 episodes of podcasting together with people that we don't like, and it's really hard to keep that up when everything else is going on in the world. So, like, <laughs> yeah, it really is. No, oh, all right. Well, next time, I guess. <laughs> join us. No, Meg, the bit, the bit, <laughs> the bit. Ah, join us next time. Battlefront, Twilight Company. Sorry, Star Wars, Battlefront, Twilight Company by Alexander Freed, chapters 21 through 26. And with that, this is Rogue Padron, who definitely all likes each other, signing off. <laughs> Pash out. Pew, 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 pew. Pew, 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 pew,